Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network Podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God-given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now let's get into today's teaching. Good evening, good evening, everyone. This is Apostle DeCoy Green, the founder of Ocean Upper Room Kingdom. I greet you all in the precious name of Jesus. Welcome those who are watching live on YouTube, those who are watching live on Facebook, uh, watching any of the, the, the replays, listening to any podcast replays. Again, I greet you all in the precious name of Jesus. And I'm excited uh, to, to dive into the word today. And certainly I know that something will be said along today that should have a great impact on your life. So I welcome all of you who are tuning in for the first time. It's your first time tuning in. I certainly I welcome you. Uh, Anybody name just hello, hello. Uh, bless you, Jolene, Felicia, Melissa. Hello, hello, hello. LaShawn, good evening, good evening. Come on in, come on in. Amen. All right, so as folks are beginning to come on in. Hello, Tawana. God bless you, God bless you. Connie, hello, good evening, good evening. Hello, Georgia. All right, we're going to open up in prayer. Father God, we come now and we give your name glory, honor, and praise. We thank you, God, for this day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it, oh God. We thank you, God, for the word that shall go forth on today. We know it shall go forth with power. We know it shall accomplish what you set it out to accomplish in the lives of these, your people, oh God. Speak to me and through me, oh God, that you may be glorified in the name of Jesus. Your people, oh God, may hear this word, receive this word, apply this word to their lives in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God. Right now, I come against any distractions of the enemy, any seeds the enemy will try to sow. I blood block it in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God. We thank you, oh God, uh, for this powerful word that's going to go forth, oh God, that it will continue uh, continuously take root in our lives, oh God. We thank you, we praise, we glorify your name now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. All right, all right. So uh, today we are starting a new series, an entirely new series uh, today, uh, and it's entitled uh, Destroying Evil Altars. So we're going to jump right on into again. It's Destroying Evil Altars. And 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 regardless of, of if you've heard about altars, I know I've taught on altars before briefly. I've done like short videos uh, on uh, evil altars. So again, if you've heard it, uh, you may have heard a little bit of that. You have some understanding, but I assure you, if you stick with this series and you apply what's being taught, uh, you're going to hear some things you probably haven't heard before because uh, I'm going to take you much deeper into it. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to take my time. So this is probably going to take several weeks uh, of going to this series. I, I estimate maybe two months, eight weeks worth, possibly. So like I said, I'm really going to take my time uh, and, and break this down so you have a great understanding of altars, understanding altars, A-L-T-A-R-S. Uh, this is altars as we pray unto God. Uh, then it's also demonic altars that the enemy uh, sets up. So listen attentively, uh, 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 take your notes, uh, and apply what's being taught. And today we're going we're gonna to introduce, it's going to be an introduction. And like I said, I'm going to take my time in this series going through understanding, uh, or shall I say, uh, destroying uh, evil altars. And today, tonight, we're going to talk about understanding altars. Understanding altars. And so understand this. Wherever 
And whenever an altar is raised, there must be a sacrifice. So whenever you hear me mentioning altar, you hear me mention, saying something about altar, understand any time an altar is raised, there must be a sacrifice. Understand? And, and an altar is activated when there is a sacrifice. That's why there must be a sacrifice when it comes to an altar. So an altar is activated when there is a sacrifice. There are evil altars and there are godly altars. Again, there's evil altars and there's godly altars. And of course, godly altars are altars that are raised un, uh, to make sacrifices unto God. We find it all throughout scripture, the altars are raised unto God. You know, we, this, this place is holy. We're going to build this altar for God because of what God has done in this land. So, so there's godly altars. Evil altars are also raised. There, there are altars raised to false gods. So an evil altar, demonic altar, is an altar raised to false gods, demonic spirits. It's idol worship. So evil altars uh, are altars of sacrifice unto Satan. So again, evil altars are altars of sacrifice unto Satan. It's not raised unto God. It's not raised unto God our Father through Jesus Christ. And if it's not raised unto God our Father through Jesus Christ, then it is an evil altar. Then it is an evil altar. It's an idolatrous altar. So we have to understand again. We have to understand that all altars, hear me clearly, all altars have power. Contrary to popular belief, there, there, there's some who uh, in the church who, who have an ignorance, they, 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 an ignorance of the realm of the spirit will say things like the devil has no power. I was one of them used to say that before I knew what I know. So, yes, every altar, whether it be a godly altar or a demonic evil altar, there's power that comes from those altars. Understand that premise. However, there is no altar greater than an altar that's raised unto God through Jesus Christ. Again, there's no altar. There's no altar greater than an altar that's raised unto God through Jesus Christ. So let's set that foundation from the beginning. Let's set, let's set that premise that no evil altar is greater than an altar raised unto God through the blood of Jesus Christ. But we must understand this key point is that all altars where there are sacrifice, it still has power. Satan has power. It's just not greater than God's power. It's not greater than God's power through us. But because those evil altars have power, those evil altars have ability to accomplish what its goal is unless we come up against it, unless we combat it, unless we destroy it. Right. And so, again, notice I said all altars have power. So evil demonic altars hold power. It can cause damage. It can cause destruction. It can block the destinies of others. I'm telling you what evil altars can do. It can cause sickness, heartache, pain, turmoil, disease, terror. It can block manifestation if it's not destroyed. Keyword I said, if it's not destroyed. An evil altar doesn't just go away. Just because you're a child of God, saved, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, 
does not mean that an evil altar that's been erected against you or erected against your family, erected against your destiny will just go away. This is where your power, your authority as a child of God comes into play. That, that, that's where it comes into play. So understanding the altar that just go away. Repeat after me. It's my job to destroy evil altars. It's my job to destroy evil altars. Say it again. It's my job to destroy evil altars. So, so again, I'm just setting foundation. I'm just setting foundation. Uh, Sean says, how do people use the Bible to do evil? I know people use the Lord's name with evil works. Well, people may use, they may use scripture or they may use the word of God to do. There are people who use scripture to, 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 to murder and do all these other things like that. But just because they're using it doesn't mean that they're really using it. Remember, I told you, I've said this many times before, that this difference between quoting scripture and declaring scripture. Satan knows scripture. He can quote it, but it has no power. The word has no power in Satan's life because it, it, it's not activated in his life. It, 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 so, but, but they can use, say things in the name of Christ that are, that are evil and it's not of God. Just because they use the name or they use scripture to do evil does not make it that the scripture to use. That's just people, people use God's name in vain all the time. So, so that's the difference there. So again, Satan knows the word of God. So he will twist it. He will turn around however he can because he knows it. But he can only quote it. He can't declare it. Satan can't produce anything with the word of God. He tried to tempt Jesus with the word of God by twisting the word of God, but Satan can produce nothing with the word of God. He can only quote it, but he cannot declare it. We as children of God, we can declare it, and that word of God must return uh, with, with manifestation. That word of God never returns void. So, yes, people do a lot of things. <laughs> can, they can try to do it in the name of God, in the name of Jesus, and, and, and be out of the will of God and be evil. So, when we talk about evil altars, again, we talk about that demonic power. We have that. We talk about that demonic power because there's some people try to use the word of God to keep people in bondage. They try to justify bondage. People, there's people use the word of God to try to justify slavery. They try to justify racism. So, so, so we understand God has got a decent in order. So yes, people can twist the word. That's the difference. They may twist the word, but it don't mean that. That word is having any power in your life in that regard. And we talk about curses. Those curses come from evil altars. All right. So, again, we, we, we established the premise. All altars have power. Demonic altars hold power. It can block manifestation, block things in your life if we don't use our power and authority to destroy it. It must be destroyed. It must be dismantled. It must be rendered powerless. And as a child of God, we not only have the power and authority to destroy those evil altars, but we must destroy them. We don't just have the power to destroy these evil altars, but we must destroy them. Again, I said we must. We must destroy them. And so, again, like I said, it must be rendered powerless. We must destroy them. We, 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 we must get to them or we must get them before they get us. 
We can't continue to stand by casually and let evil altars, altars destroy what's ours. We can't let evil altars destroy what is ours. I said again, we cannot allow evil altars to destroy what's ours. And yes, and those who are listening uh, on Facebook, watch on Facebook, share it, share it with your followers, share it with your friends. Because again, this is this this is is a transforming, life changing word. If you can apply these principles, I'm telling you, the entire course of your life will be changed. So hit the share button, hit the share button, hit the share button. Make sure that you're sharing this with your friends, your followers. So again, we can't continue to stand by casually. Not only must you stop the altar. But you must hear me clearly. Not only must you stop the altar. But you must stop the evil priests who are working the altars. You have to stop the evil priests who are working, who are putting the sacrifices on these evil altars, who are sending the curses on these evil altars. You also have to take out the priests. And I'll get into that later into this series. Like I said, I'm going to take my time. And break this down so you have a thorough understanding of what it is I'm talking about when I'm talking about destroying evil altars. So you will understand where the root of some of your problems have come from. Many of the challenges that you face, like I said, 95% of the challenges in the body of Christ face is witchcraft. And this witchcraft is usually where someone has raised an evil altar, witches and warlocks and sorcerers. When they go to the witches' coven, they raise evil altars. So a lot of your problems, a lot of your challenges, a lot of your setbacks, a lot of your opposition is coming from an evil altar. And it must be destroyed. Again, it's coming from an evil altar. And it must be destroyed. So follow me now. So you have to take out the priest because guess what? You can read if a priest and I'm not going to get deep into that part right now. You can destroy the altar. But if that evil priest, that wish, that warlock, that, that who's operating as an evil priest. If they're still. Scott free hand free getting away with it, you can destroy an altar and they can just go and erect another altar. So you have to shut the mouth and the hand of the evil priest, the worker of those altars. We have to shut down the workers of the altar, the one who is sending the curses, the one who's making the evil sacrifice on the altar. Because you can destroy an altar. But if that evil priest, that wish walk sorcerer can go somewhere else, all right, I'm going to raise another altar. I'm going to build another altar. I'm going to put up another. I'm going to erect another altar. So you have to shut the mouth of the priest, the evil priest. But I'll get into that later in this series. I'll get deep into that. So understand. Now, you can raise an altar unto God against any evil altar. That, so let, let me make that clear. You can raise an altar. Because I'm not just, just sitting here talking talking you about what these evil altars do and how these evil altars are set up. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is you have power over it. You have power over it. Because I, I, I can give you all this and, and teach you all this. But you must understand that you have power over it. Hello. You, you, have, you have power over it. You have power. T, well, you have power over it. Declare God's healing in your life in Jesus' name. Uh, uh, any evil altars that's been raised up against you that's caused uh, uh, any sickness in your body, we cancel it. We declare a good doctor's report in Jesus' name. 
and pray along with our warriors prayer closet prayers uh, that we meet every morning and and and, and pray along with that amen uh, we declare total healing and so and some of those sicknesses are a result of evil altars that have been raised and erected against your life watch this now so again you can raise an altar unto god you can raise an altar unto god against any evil altar that's been raised against you you can raise an altar you can raise an altar unto god anywhere any place anytime because guess what scripture says you are a living sacrifice a living sacrifice unto god so you're alive but you're putting this physical body through a death. You're dying to flesh. So you're putting yourself on the altar through the blood of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I submit unto you. Consume me with your fire. Because remember the burnt offerings, the, burnt, the five God will come down and will consume the burnt offerings in the Old Testament when they made sacrifices unto God. But now the, now the fire consumes us. Now the fire consumes us. So, so, so you are a sacrifice on the altar. You can create your own altar. You can offer up sacrifice of praise unto God. And how do you raise an altar? So how do I raise an altar? Do I have to go and get stone and, 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 and all these things they said? Do I have to create? No, no, I'm not saying you have to create a physical altar. You can do if you want to. But all you have to do is say, I raise an altar right here unto God. And I cover it in the blood of Jesus. It's that simple. It's that I raise an altar right where I stand, right where I sit. I raise an altar in a realm of the spirit unto God. And I cover it in the blood of Jesus. It's that simple. And then as you pray, you can say what you're putting on the altar or who you're putting on the altar. You know, my kids are going astray. I put them on this altar. I speak to their spirit man to arise, to come alive. I put my finances on this altar. Any, every evil altar that's been raised against my finances, trying to swallow my finances, trying to keep me in poverty, trying to attack my body, etc. I put it on this altar now and I declare there'll be a performance of the word of God, that I'm healed by the strap of Jesus, that I'm walking in prosperity. So you're putting that on the altar that you raised unto God. And some of you, you know, your prayer closet or a certain place you pray and you can you can say, OK, this is my altar. This, this is my altar. You think in most churches you go up, you say people say come to the altar. Some people have the, the long wooden stand and you can nail. Some people just have just come to the front and they say that's the altar. So wherever you say the altar is, that's where you raise that altar and it becomes a holy place. It becomes a sacred place. It becomes a secret place. But you can raise an altar anywhere. So I want to make that abundantly clear that you can raise an altar anywhere. We'll get deeper into the series into that. But anywhere, you raise an altar unto God. And please understand, there's power. Remember, there's power that comes from the altar. And when you offer up your sacrifices of praise unto God, you're praising him, you're worshiping him. You're submitting your body as a living sacrifice. You say, Lord, this is this altar. I'm putting my family on this altar. I'm putting my career on this altar. I'm putting these things on my altar. And the altar produces. Now, how, 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 how is it that the enemy caught on to that? The power of an altar. Because they'll go to the witches' COVID and they'll raise these evil altars unto Satan. And guess what? Those altars produce. Some of the things that they're putting on that altar, some of the curses they're sending. 
That's why we as children of God can't stand back idle and say, well, I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. I'm saved. I don't have to worry about no evil altar. No evil altar can get to me because I'm saved. That's ignorance. Salvation doesn't automatically protect you from the enemy. All salvation does, what salvation does is, is guaranteed that you have that you get to go back home to heaven when you when you transition from this earth. That's what salvation does. We need it. Lord knows Jesus died on the cross so we could be saved, so we could be healed, so we could be back in right stand with God. But salvation, hear me clearly. I'm messing with your theology now. Salvation does not protect you from the enemy. I'm going to say it again. Being saved does not, uh, does not automatically protect you from the works of darkness, from the works of the enemy. Your prayer life, the word of God. Your praise and worship, you engage enemy in spiritual warfare, using the weapons of warfare, the blood of Jesus, the fire of God is what protects you from the enemy. The blood of Jesus does protect you, but you have to sit. But there's a difference from the blood of Jesus that covers us for salvation. When God sees us, he doesn't see our sin. He sees the blood of Jesus. That's different from the blood of Jesus. That's also a weapon that fights on our behalf. So I'm going to say, I'm messing with your theology now. Salvation, we got it twisted. There's some churches just sit back and just got it going on saying, hey, I'm saved. What I need to worry about a demon for, what I need to, what I need to mention about something, why do I have to care about an evil altar? Because I'm saved. And the enemies causing all type of havoc in their life or, or hiding behind the scene. And the enemy don't even have to mess with them that much because they're already bound. The enemy's like, I don't even have to mess with them because they think they, they think that these, these evil altars ain't doing nothing in their life. They think these evil altars aren't doing anything in their family. They think that that, that we're just that we can't get to them. They love that ignorance. But you're not ignorant. Apostle Paul clearly says, I don't want you to be ignorant of Satan's devices, Satan's schemes. That's one of his schemes to make children of God think that. They don't have to be concerned with his work because they're covered in the blood. So as long as they're covered in the blood, they don't have to worry about no warfare. Salvation does not protect you from the works of darkness. It is your prayer life. It is the word of God. It is your praise and worship. It is your weapons of warfare that protects. It is your faith. You pull the shield of faith that defends against the enemy. These are the things. Why would God, why would God tell us to put on the full, in Ephesians 6, to put on the full armor of God to fight the enemy if we weren't in a fight, if we didn't need to fight, if salvation automatically meant we're good. Why would he say the weapons of all warfare are not carnal? I mean, it's not fleshly, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. They're mighty through God. So that means that God's not going to automatically pull down our strongholds. We have to pull down those demonic strongholds. And you hear me say this all the time, all the time. I will quote Psalm 115 and 16, that the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he gave to humanity. He gave to the children of God. Psalm 115 and verse 16, the, the heavens belong to God, but the earth he gave to you and me. But the earth, the earth he gave to you and me. So what does that tell you? I say this all the time. God's not getting off of his throne. He's not getting off. He's not. He's not moved. He's not moving off his throne. He told you. He told me rule, subdue, have dominion on earth. Rule, subdue, have dominion on earth. 
That's what he told us to do. That's what he instructed us to do. So again, when it leaves God's hands, it's out of his hands now and it's on us to manifest. But it's those demons, it's those evil altars that are trying to speak against you to try to stop the very prayers that you've been praying for manifesting. That's why we have to destroy those evil altars. So, so I'm just helping you, number one, understand your authority, understand your power, understand your responsibility. Because if you don't understand your power, you don't understand your authority, you don't understand your responsibility, then you're going to continue to sit back and say, Lord, do it. It's up to God. It's in God's hands now. No, it's in your hands now. It's in your hands now. It's the power of God at work in you. We saw it with clear in scripture. He, 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 he gave the earth to us. He gave you a great gift called this earth to rule in and bring light with his darkness. He said, you are the city set on a hill. You cannot be hidden. You are light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are. That comes with responsibility to whom much is given. Much is required. Now watch this now. So again, going back to you yourself, you can raise a godly altar. I want you to understand this before we move forward in this series. I want you to know how to raise your own godly altar unto God the Father. That's going to be important. You need to raise your own God because I can get into talk about all these evil altars. But you need to first know right now, as you move forward, raise your own altar. And it's simple as saying, Lord, I raise an altar right here unto God. I cover it in the blood of Jesus Christ. I raise this altar through the blood of Jesus Christ. Wherever you stand, wherever you are, and you can make a certain place in your home become an altar. And that's a place that you constantly make a sacrifice. You're laying before the Lord there. You don't have to erect a physical altar, but you can if you want to. But I'm showing it. There's power in this altar. There's power in this altar. Because remember, every altar has power, but altars raised unto God has more power than evil altars. So it would make sense that you would raise a godly altar to come up against any evil altars that's been raised against you. And as you're raising this altar unto God, you're putting things on the altar. Putting your wallet, your purse, your checkbook on the altar. And every altar, there must be sacrifice. There must be sacrifice. And I submit this unto you. I'm not going to get deep into it tonight, but we'll get later. What have you sacrificed unto God? I'm, I'm just going to challenge the body of Christ here today. Which is warlock and sorceress? They will sacrifice their own lives unto Satan. They sacrifice all type of things. They'll fast. For weeks, months, to try to gain more power, to try to gain certain things from Satan. They will sacrifice their time. How much are we sacrificing for God on these godly altars? So are these witches, warlocks, and sorcerers making more sacrifices unto Satan to try to stop you than you're making sacrifices unto God just for your love and obedience? Unto him. We're going to get into sacrifice on the altar. I'm going to spend some time on that. But I'm just setting that seed in your mind. How much have we really sacrificed of our own lives unto God? 
And I know all of you have sacrificed in one way, shape, or another. But we have to think about what am I sacrificing unto God? Jesus paid the ultimate price. He made it easy for us. He died on the cross by saying that we may be back and right standing with God. But what are we giving up for God? What are we putting on the altar? What are we really saying, Lord, I'm with? I mean, we can get deep in the scripture. Hannah, Lord, I'm going to dedicate my child unto you. I'm barren, Lord, and I'm going to dedicate my child. Abraham was willing to sacrifice his child. God was just testing him. He wasn't going to really do that. Because that's what the heathens were doing. But he, he trusted God. Lord, I'll give it all up for you. There's some things, if we're not careful, we make it an idol. And scripture clearly says that you want to give up all and follow Christ. The rich man couldn't do it. He couldn't give up his possession. He knew the law. He knew the word. He knew it back and forth. But he wasn't willing to give up his possession because he felt he was losing something. Not realize he was gaining it all with Christ. You're not losing. Some, there's something you are. And this is not way, way off my notes. There's some things that you've been holding on to. Tightly. Holding it close. That you're not willing to let go. And it's becoming an idol. Even certain desires. Might become an idol. Are you willing to give it all up? For Christ. And you realize that you're really. Not losing anything because you only can gain with Christ. You're not losing anything. But the enemy will have you believe, I'm losing this. So I don't want to let this go. And God said, I got this. You have the greatest inheritance that anyone could ever have. And that's the inheritance of God himself. We inherit God in all that he has. So what are you really losing? What are you really losing? But what are you sacrificing? What are you sacrificing? And we're going to get into that. I'm not going to get deep because that's a whole nother message about what are you sacrificing. But going back to these altars. So I want you to understand that you can raise your own godly altar. You're putting people, situations on your godly altar so that God can respond. So that God can respond. Godly altars are most powerful. Godly altars produce results. You say, I pray. Yeah, I pray. This is part of prayer. Just like I taught you in the courts of heaven. It's a part of prayer. But I'm showing you strategy. I'm showing you divine strategy. Of what it means to raise a godly altar. It's a principle. They did it all throughout scripture. Raising altars unto God. There's power in raising godly altars. And I taught you. I just told you. It's that simple. How to raise it. How to set up a godly altar in your home, at your job. You can set up, you can set up a godly altar at your desk. You can set up a godly altar in the bathroom. Wherever there is a sacrifice, there is an altar. There's an altar. All right, I'm gonna take it a step further. So Again, evil altars have power, but godly altars have the most power. Both altars can produce results, but godly altars 
produce greater results and can overturn evil altars. I'm going to say it again. Both altars can produce results. Both altars do produce results. But godly altars produce greater results and can overturn and dismantle and destroy evil altars. Hear me clearly. Evil altars that are raised, that are erected, are only raised for one purpose, and that's to harm and to cause evil in the lives of others, particularly the children of God. So if the enemy couldn't touch a child of God, now it's not easy. They need some legal right. They need something, something, some opening, some, some connection that you connect with somehow to get some type of access to you. But they've been doing this before we came on earth. So that's why we expose the works of darkness so that we know how to combat and overturn their works. That's why we talk about it. That's why we study it because they're studying you. They're studying you. For some of you, the enemy knows you better than you know yourself. They know your likes, your dislikes, what makes you ticks, what, what, what makes you go, what makes you upset, what makes you angry, what turns you off, what turns you on, what you like, what you smell, what you like to eat, what you like to drink. They know you because they spent the whole time of you on, on earth studying you. And they studied you before you were born. They studied you when you were conceived. They began to study your stars. And I'll get into that later in the series. How they can read your stars. That's why that's what, what how some psychic readers get into that. It's 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 it, it, through witchcraft and, and they get information, but they, that's how the wise men were able to find Jesus because they followed his star. The star that they followed to Bethlehem. His star. We all have stars, and I'll get into that later in the series. So Oftentimes when the enemy attacks, you hear me say this all the time, the enemy does not attack you based on where you are, but based on where you're going. Certain things the enemy already saw about you, they don't know everything about you, but certain things they already saw about you. And so they tried to fight you before you knew you were in a fight. They tried to stop you before you knew what was even going on. They tried to fight you in your mother's womb. They know this. They study you. They have an entire record. That's kept under the sea and the marine kingdom, the demonic kingdom, the, 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 the city under the sea known as the marine kingdom. Well, a lot certain demons like, you know, Jezebel and, and spirit husbands, demonic spirit wives, incubus, succubus, uh, 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 Leviathan, etc. Those particular spirits or water spirits that come from the marine kingdom. It's an entire demonic kingdom under the sea. Satan has uh, camps set up under the sea. In the forest, on the land, in the air. He's the prince of the power of the air. So he has camps set up in the air. He has camps set up on the land, in the forest, in the sea. And we can come up against all of this. We have power over all of this. But let's not be ignorant and to think that he doesn't have camps set up trying to stop your progress. And therefore, we have to use the power and authority because the earth was given to us now. Some of you have been getting upset and angry and disappointed and discouraged with God because certain things hadn't manifest in your life. That's not on God. I'm going to say it again, and I'm a message to theology. 
Hear me clearly. Manifestation in your life is not on God. I, may, I know I'm messing with some theology right now. Repeat after me. Manifestation in my life is not on God. Say it again. Manifestation in my life is not on God. It is on me. It is on me. Say it again. Manifestation. You got to get this premise. Manifestation in my life is not on God. It's not God's responsibility. It's on me. Personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. But the beautiful thing about that personal responsibility is that God gave you his power, the power and authority of Jesus Christ. He says, yeah, I'm going to do it through you, but it's on you because I gave the earth to you to rule. And sometimes Jesus is wanting to, wanting to step in, wanting to step in. God said, no, I gave the, I, I, you've done your part. You, rule, you, you ruling and reigning in them. They're seated in you, but they have to take their seat. For some of you, the enemy has knocked you off of your seat of authority. And what do I, what do I say week after week after week? The earth is not your home. It is your throne. Take your seat of authority. It's not on God. And I say it again, some things God will do for you, other things he will do through you. Too much of the church has made the theology of one scripture when it said the Lord is going to fight my battle. Folks all the time, I don't have to be concerned about that. No demons coming to get me because the Lord is going to fight my battle. That's ignorance. That's one scripture that was talking about one battle, that was talking about one strategy. For that one battle. He says, stay still. You don't need to fight this battle. The Lord is going to fight this one for you. Now, there's many battles the Lord has fought for us. Don't get it wrong. There's many battles the Lord has fought for us. But there's many more battles the Lord is fighting through us. Because if he was going to do it all himself, why would he send you on earth? Why would he tell you to let your light shine on earth? Why would he tell you to establish his kingdom on earth? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why would he do that if he was going to do it all himself? Personal responsibility. So I'm helping you to wake up to your power, to your authority, to what you carry. You are a living ark of the covenant. You carry the glory of God. You carry the power of God. You are the DNA of God. But the problem is you've been in this flesh for so long. You've been thinking you flesh. You've been acting as though you flesh. You've been responding as though you're flesh and your spirit. All this body does is drive your spirit around. And you're supposed to tell this body where to go, not the body telling you where to go and what to do. Hello, somebody. Put it in perspective now. So, I told you about the evil officers. They're raised for one purpose. 
to harm and to cause evil in the lives of others, particularly the children of God. The good news is that we have power and authority over it. We just need to exercise it. And many have heard of evil altars, like I said. I've taught a little bit on it before uh, or even have a general knowledge of evil altars. But again, what I'm going to share with you throughout this series is going to take you deeper. I assure you, it's going to take you deeper. I'm going to take you into more detail. And again, it's going to impact your life greatly if you apply what's taught. It's going to change. Again, this series, if you apply what's taught, is going to change the course of your life for the good forever. I just say the course of your life for the good forever. Does it mean that it's not going to be a tax? No. But it means that you're going to have this strategy, not just exposing the work of darkness, but this strategy on raising your own godly altars to combat those demonic evil altars that have been raised, that were raised before you were even born. Some evil altars, some family evil altars that were raised up before you were even conceived. That was already going down your bloodline for, your bloodline for generations. So when we say altar, the Hebrew word for altar is uh, 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 misbeach. It's pronounced uh, misbeach. It means a place of slaughter. So when you hear the word altar, it means a place of slaughter. It means to arrange, to prepare for when you prepare, you prepare an altar, you raise an altar, you erect all, you arrange sacrifices. So the altar is a place of slaughter. Something is sacrificed. On evil altars, it's a place of slaughter where the enemy aims to slaughter your destiny. The enemy aims to slaughter your health, to slaughter your finances, slaughter your marriage, slaughter your marital destiny, your career, your family, your business, your ministry, and anything that's important to you. These evil altars are raised to try to slaughter it. The, aim, the enemy aims to slaughter it on the altar. They're evil altars. So what is the altar? The altar is a place where the spiritual meets the natural. Again, the altar is the place where the spiritual meets the natural. It's a place where the divine invades the natural. It's a place of divine exchanges, where one exchanges something to get something in return. It's usually a sacrifice to obtain something. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice on the altar of God for us on the cross, which became an altar. He became a sacrifice for us so that in return, we could be in right standing with God. So that in turn, we can return, we, we can regain our authority that Adam and Eve lost in the garden. It was a divine exchange. He gave up his life that we might be saved that we might be healed, that we might be whole, that we may have a life more abundantly. And the good news is he rose from the dead with all power in his hand. He didn't just die to death and didn't resurrect. He resurrected. And now he rules and reigns in us. Now he rules and reigns in us. So again, altars are a place where covenants are made. What place where covenants are made? 
she just said, if your parents practice witchcraft and try to have you killed and kill the other parent, and I don't know why on Facebook, I can't see the rest of the comments. It says see more, but I can't see it. Uh, so if you're able to come in on video, you can ask that question. Uh, because I can't, it, it never shows me the rest of uh, the comment there. It just says see more, but every time I click on it, it, it just brings something else up. So, uh, so if you want to come on, able to come on later uh, to ask that, I want because I want to be able to see the rest of that, because that may be something that's uh, vital to uh, what I'm teaching to help to help others. Um, but I just, but again, but again, if someone's parents practice witchcraft, then again, that's already something that's on your bloodline. That's already something that that's that's that has access uh, to your life. You have to cancel those curses, cancel those that witchcraft curse, cancel those evil oaths, etc. And that, and the enemy will then feel they have legal right to you because of what the parents practice. So that, that's typically uh, what happens there. But again, uh, if you want to come in on camera later and ask that, then you can. Or you can just type the question in. Um, type the question and I guess break it up to where I can see the rest of it, so to speak. All right. All right. So again, so so going back to it, 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 it it's, it's a sacrifice uh, to obtain something. I already told that Jesus Christ was ultimate sacrifice. He, he, he laid down his life so that we might be saved, so that we might be healed, so that we might be whole. And it was a divine exchange. A divine exchange. All right. And so altars, again, where covenants are made with humans and the spirit realm. Again, where covenants are made with humans and the spirit realm. Follow me now. And so, of course, as follows of Christ, the covenant to the blood of Jesus Christ has already been made once and for all. So we can just obtain our inheritance, which entails everything, everything that comes with our covenant through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. He will also so where covenants are made with Satan and humans. Again, evil altars are where covenants are made with Satan and humans. And some of this major generational curses, yes, generational curses, comes from evil altars. And I'll get into that down the road too, of getting even deeper into that. Because most people stop at the generational curses, just spiritual warfare deliverance one-on-one. General curses. Everyone knows about general curses, generational curses. But again, if you don't get to the root, which is those evil altars, those altars can still cause other things or send other things uh, outside of just generational curses. All right. And so uh, so again, evil altars were covenants are made with Satan and humans. They sacrifice blood. They sacrifice blood and other things on the altar for Satan and demonic spirits to do certain things for them or to do certain things to others. But what they fail to realize is that an evil altar is never satisfied. An evil altar is never satisfied. It constantly requires more blood. It requires much of the evil priest who's working the altar. Some, there's some who, who raised evil altars, did not realize what they were getting into. 
Those altars keep them busy. Those altars sometimes don't even let them sleep because all the stuff they have to do at nighttime and they got to keep feeding the altar and making more blood sacrifice or more killings or, 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 or slaughtering certain animals because that altar requires blood. All altars require blood. The good news about golly altars, Jesus Christ's blood shed for us was wanting for all finalized. So there's no 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 shedding of blood necessary because it's already been done once and for all. Once and for all. So 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 that's the good news for us. But for those wicked priests, those witches, walls, sorcerers, principality who's raising their evil altars, the blood constant the, the altar constantly calls for more blood. More, it's never satisfied. Like I said, some become restless. And tired and weary because again the altar demands so much of them, but they're afraid because they know that there's power, power in that altar. They know they got to feed it because they know that it, it'll backfire on them and it'll it'll kill them. And again, some who walk these evil altars get very little sleep because the demons of the altars require so much more blood and so much more sacrifice. Because remember, they went to the altar for something. They raised the altar for something. Some of them wanted power. They wanted money. They wanted sex. Some wanted. Uh, 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 certain certain things that happen in their life or certain things happen in other people's life and not knowing that the altar was going to call for more blood, more sacrifice. And in some countries and some villages, an, an evil altar controls an entire city, an entire village. Everyone knows about that altar. And which then warlocks must constantly have something or someone to sacrifice to satisfy those evil altars. But we have power over these evil altars. But I'm showing you what these evil altars can do, what they have done, and how, what we need to do to stop it. All right, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Let's be our only scripture that we'll get into today. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 1 through 9. I'll read the same thing. I can see part of your message. I had a vision of a scorpion crawling slowly in my son while he was sleeping. And again, I don't know why is it with Facebook, why it doesn't let me see a full message. It says see more. And I don't know if it's, but it's been doing that for a while. I don't know what setting is with Facebook or why it does that. Um, but either you have to type it in in sections or um, or I can bring you on video and you can ask the question um, at the end. Actually, I only see an option here to bring you on. All right, so Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 1 through 9. Yeah, I'm clicking on the message. Every time I click on the message, well, now I see this is apostle. I had a vision of a scorpion crawling slowly near my son while he was sleeping. I heard a voice. Okay, so maybe that's the rest of it. I click on see more. Usually it doesn't let me click on, on it, but I guess I got it this time. Yeah, so that scorpion, and yeah, you come up against sin of five God against uh, that scorpion. That's witchcraft. And then you saw the vision of the scorpion trying to come to your son. Uh, it was some type of attack, of course. They're trying to come against your son. Like I said, they, 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 they start early. Uh, so while he was sleeping uh, and you heard that voice, so again, just sin of five God to destroy any demonic scorpions uh, that's trying to inflict your son, that's trying to strike your son uh, and send it back to the sender in Jesus' name. And sometimes it's just monitoring spirits. But take authority over that. All right. 
So Deuteronomy 7, verses 1 through 9. All right, reads, when the Lord, your God, brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. And when the Lord, your God, delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy. To them, nor shall you make marriages with them. You shall not give your daughter to their son, nor take their daughter for your son, for they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. So the anger of the Lord will arouse, will be aroused against you and destroy you suddenly. But thus you shall deal with them. You shall destroy their altars and break down their sacred pillars and cut down their wooden images and burn their carved images with fire. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all peoples. But because the Lord loves you and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Verse 9. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps coming in mercy for a thousand generations and those who love him and keep his commandments. Verse 10, and he repays those who hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack with him who hates him. He will repay him to his face. Therefore, you shall keep the commandment, the statutes and the judgments, which I command you today to Observe them. So I read through uh, verse uh, 11. That was Deuteronomy 7, uh, verse 1 through 11. All right. And so from this passage now, again, I'm just setting the foundation. Before we go any further, we will start with the end in mind. Before we go any deeper into this series, we will start with the end in mind. We see from the pa- this passage seven key things that we should keep in mind when dealing with our wicked enemies and their evil altars. Again, there are seven key things from this passage that we must keep in mind when dealing with our wicked enemies and their evil altars. And it's found in verse two and in verse five. These seven things are what we are equipped to do and have the power and authority to do to our evil enemies and their evil altars. Again, you're equipped to do it. You have the power and authority to do it to our evil enemies and their evil altars. Again, we find in verse 2 and verse 5. Number one, you must conquer them. You must conquer them. Number two, you must utterly destroy them. Number three, you must make no covenants with them. Number four, you must show no mercy to them. Number five, you must destroy their altars. You must destroy their altars. So you see, I'm I'm pulling this right from the word of God. What God, the instructions he gave. 
Number six, you must break down their sacred pillars. And number seven, you must cut down their wooden images and burn their carved images with fire. So I'm going to go through that one more time. These seven key things that we must keep in mind when dealing with our enemies, our wicked enemies, those witches, warlocks, sorcerers, demons, principalities, whatever's come up against you. And their evil altars that they have erected or the curse they're trying to send against your life. What they're trying to do to your family, to your career, to your destiny. These seven key things we must keep in mind. You must conquer them. God's given us power and authority to do it, right? Number two, you must utterly destroy them. And it's all through the realm of the spirit. It's not a fleshly battle. It's in the spirit. Number three, you must make no covenants with them. Number four, you must show no mercy to them. Number five, you must destroy their altars. Number six, you must break down their sacred pillars. And number seven, you must cut down their wooden images and burn their carved images with fire. And so in this passage, God was, was setting them up, the children of Israel. He was setting them up to go into the promised land. He was letting the children of Israel know ahead of time that he would give them the land of those wicked and idolatrous inhabitants to them. And even, and even though they were outnumbered, the children of Israel weren't, weren't the greatest in number. But they were backed by heaven. They were backed by God. And so he was letting me know ahead of time, I'm going to give you this land. However, before I give you this land, before I empower you to take this land, the first matter of business was to do these seven things that I just outlined. That was outlined here in the word of God. They were to destroy the evil altars that were erected. God even told them not to marry any of them those inhabitants in the promised land because he knew the power of those altars and the idol worship. He knew the hearts of his people. He knew them. He, he, he knew what, what they might be tempted to do. He knew the hearts of his people and that they would be tempted to follow those idols. He knew that although he gave his children power over the evil altars, he knew the dangers of them marrying those particular people, those idol worshipers. He knew that evil covenants would be made and that would have access to their bloodline for generations to come if they made covenant with them. And the enemy knew that legally in the realm of the spirit. That's why the enemy wanted that legal right. So God tried to warn them, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. There's ramifications in the realm of the spirit if you do it. And so God wanted them. He said, look, destroy those evil altars. He, he was letting them know ahead of time before they even got there. He was letting them know ahead of time so that the sacrifices, hear me clearly. Why was God letting them know ahead of time? Because the sacrifices made on this, those altars so those sacrifices would not impact them. He wanted the altars destroyed so the altars would be silenced. If the altars, those evil altars were not destroyed. The altars could still impact the children of Israel through their through their ignorance or disregard of God's instructions. 
the altars could still have impact on just, just through ignorance. But God said, I'm warning you, I'm letting you know. He warned her because he knew what the evil altars had the capability of doing. And obviously, God had power over it all. This is a prime example, right? Well, God, it's in God's hands up to God. No, no, no. He was saying, Children of Israel, I'm telling y'all what not to do. I'm telling you what to do. Destroy these altars. Could God have destroyed himself? Yeah, he could have. But he gave us power and authority on earth. So he told them to destroy it. And at this point, there were physical altars set up. And of course, they had to destroy it in the realm of the spirit, through prayer, through the priests, etc. So, so, so follow me now. So in this situation, we see he's saying, okay, destroy it. And obviously, again, we know God had power over it. But he gave it to his children. But it's not on God to step into every situation. Remember, it's not on God to step into every situation. Sometimes he would do it through us, as I mentioned. So he gave them power to handle it. He said, handle it. When you get there, this is what you're going to do. He gave them instructions, and it was up to them if they obeyed. And God made it clear also, show no mercy on those evil people and their wicked ways, because he knew those altars were no good. He knew what came from those altars. He knew what those altars had already done in the promised land. He knew what those altars had already done to people. They made sacrifices unto, unto uh, the demonic spirit Baal and also Asherah. And the wooden Asherah poles that is talked about in this passage, the wooden poles that were called Asherah poles, it, 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 they erected it to honor those demonic spirits, Baal and Asherah. And God obviously knew that those principalities only wanted what? Blood. And they only wanted to destroy. And he knew that the enemy was going to try to use those evil altars to just try to destroy his people. He was warning them, don't, don't make covenants with them. Show no mercy on them. Destroy the evil altars. Destroy their wooden poles. And so he warned the Israelites, why? For their own protection. Not to get caught up with it, but to destroy those wooden poles and evil altars and to burn them. And to burn them. And we burn it by fire. We send the fire of God. So God made it clear to show no mercy on those evil people. No mercy. Destroy the wooden poles. And so these Asher poles were often wooden poles. With demonic carvings on it, certain inscriptions on it. And sometimes it was just, it wasn't even a pole. Sometimes it was a tree with, with, with carvings on it. And in some countries, in some villages, they, they, you know that, that those, there's certain trees in a family. I never forget, it, it was some years ago, I was in prayer and, and, I, and I had this vision. I was in prayer and I just saw this giant tree. I saw this giant tree and it had all type of stuff. It had uh, houses, cars, wedding dresses, body parts. It had all types of stuff in this tree. It was caught up in this tree and then I began to shake it. Stuff began to fall off of it. And so then the Lord began to show me uh, again that those were demonic trees. At that point in time, I didn't even know anything about uh, demonic trees and whatnot, uh, but it was uh, uh, someone from... Uh, who originally from Africa, and they, and they said in their particular village, uh, the tree, you know, there's some trees, though, those trees held a lot of power in certain families and in certain villages, and there's a lot of sacrifices made under those trees. An altar, a shrine, totem poles, absolutely. And so these evil altars, 
these trees had a lot of power in the village because they knew. And then usually there was some uh, high priest uh, or some witch doctor and, and, and whoever, the, the oldest in something in the village, whatever. And, 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 and they were the one who pretty much would make sacrifices on behalf of the people, all demonic, all witchcraft. But it held a lot of power. Because, again, demons were occupying it and, and doing things to villages and pe putting people in bondage. And they had to satisfy the altar. But anyways, I had this vision of this tree. And I saw all this stuff coming. And the Lord began to show me that there are demonic trees. Not just those evil altars that they were erected in, 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 in certain places, but demonic trees in the realm of the spirit. That the enemy will harbor certain things that they intercepted, certain things they stole. They will harbor your, your, your finances, your, your marital destiny. All they, they will harbor it in these trees. They will harbor it in these trees. And then so I began to shake and stuff began to fall. And so they showed me lay an axe to the tree. Cut it down. Send the five gods to destroy the trees. That was what these trees are being holding up will be released. So there's some demonic trees that's holding up what belongs to you. And you have to lay an axe to it. Send a five gods to destroy it. Shake those trees to release the things that was held up and cut up. They were storing in these demonic trees. Again, it's spiritual. And so this is one example. These, these particular trees, these were physical trees, but uh, it, it was an altar. And so it paid tribute to these false gods, to these demons. And they believed these false gods protected them or provided fertility or took care of their crops. And those altars always called for more sacrifice. Remember, remember I said the altar is a place of divine exchange. So they figured, okay, well, they'll give us fertility to protect our crops. But those, those altars always come for blood. They have to sacrifice things. Some of them sacrifice family members. Sacrifice whatever, whatever, because these evil altars have no friends. They're not friends with the people. <laughs> they felt that they want to control those demons. But Satan only has evil continuously on his mind. So, so it was all deception. But one thing for certain, God wanted them to destroy it because it dishonored God. He also wanted it to be destroyed and burned because it would impact his people if they did nothing about it. Why would God have them to destroy the altar if it, it, just because the altars had power? And because it was out of worship and God hates out of worship. But he also knew what those altars were going to do if they weren't destroyed. Laws that are, those are the rules of engagement, laws in the realm of the spirit. And so, again, we have power over those evil altars, just as they did. But what good is the power if it's not used? And there's also comfort in knowing that God destroys those who hate him. It's clear in this passage. Verse 10 makes it clear that God repays them to their face. He's not going to hide. He's going to repay them to their face. He won't hide it, but he will destroy our wicked enemies openly as we call forth his mighty power. As we call down the five God to utterly destroy those evil altars. And this passage shows God's love for us as his children. It also shows God's absolute intolerance. He's not going to have idol worship. He's not going to go for idol worship. All the evil altars that have been raised. And people still raise evil altars today. Witches, warlocks, sorcerers in your community, around you. Raising these evil altars. All across the globe and in an attempt to stop you. Satan's agenda has not changed. It may be more hidden and not as openly obvious as some other things in the past, 
but it goes on just as much now as ever before. Why? I say all the time because Satan knows his time is short. Let us not get it confused. Satan is not slowing down, but he's trying to increase the evil because he knows his time is running out for his final judgment. So if we know that, we have the duty to destroy the evil altars that are speaking against us. We have responsibility to destroy the evil altars speaking against us and our families. Ignorance does not stop the altars from operating. It's the power of God that destroys the altars. The power of God at work in you. And we've been equipped with this power to utterly, utterly, utterly destroy them. So again, I'll close with a reminder of the seven things that as we go throughout this series, I want you to keep in mind we're dealing with the wicked enemies and their evil altars. One, you must conquer them. Two, you must utterly destroy them. Three, you must make no covenants with them. Four, you show no mercy to them. Five, you must destroy their altars. Six, you must break down their sacred pillars. Seven, you must cut down their wooden images and burn their carved images with fire. With fire. And we call down the fire of God. We call down the fire of God. Uh, let's see. Also, I dreamt of water flowing heavily in my bedroom last month, right before the flood. In North Carolina. Yeah, it's the same thing. I'm double tapping on it. And it's just giving me the option to pin a comment, like a comment, delete a comment. Okay, you so said after that water flooded my bedroom in my dream later on, my prayer life decreased. So yeah, so that this the marine kingdom, that water king was 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 trying to come up against you. Uh, like you said, your prayer life decreased after that, uh, and so what they were they were trying to drown you in a realm with a spirit. Uh, but is that is that marine kingdom? Uh, those water spirits they were trying to pretty much come up and surround you and drown you, uh, uh, and, and and to the point that it impacted your prayer life. So again, that was an attack on your prayer life, etc. And so and so you recognize that now, and so again, come against all marine spirits, demonic spirits who's trying to. Uh, 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 silence your prayer life. Come against the spirit of Python, who's trying to choke out your prayer life, uh, and and send and send the blood of Jesus. Send send the uh, send the east wind of heaven. When you call for the east wind of heaven, uh, it brings total destruction upon the enemy. So when you call for the east wind of heaven, let it let it blow away those waters that try to rise up in your life. Amen. Amen. So that's all I have today. This is just the introduction. Uh, but but uh, I just wanted to make sure we got that foundation that I want you to first be understand that you can raise your own godly altars to overturn and combat. Those demonic evil altars that's been raised up in your life. So 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 we keep that in mind and keep in mind that we have to destroy these evil altars because these evil altars speak. These evil altars have power. These evil altars constantly call for more blood, more sacrifice and in exchange to try to attack you in an exchange to try to attack your family. And there's some family altars, like I said, that was erected by your ancestors, could have could have been erected by your ancestors centuries ago. That's still alive and it's still working and still maybe in operation against your life. That's where a lot of generational curses come from because it's an evil altar that's still erected. You know, those evil altars must be utterly, utterly, utterly destroyed. And as you, we go through this series, I assure you, we, you're going to get a greater understanding of it. You're going to have a firm grasp on it. You will be able to apply it. And the first thing I want you to do, like I said, is to erect your own godly altar. I give you instruction on how to do that. To, to, to erect a godly altar wherever you are, in your home, 
Wherever you go, it could be in your car. Uh, you erect that godly altar and begin to make sacrifices there unto God. Sacrifices unto God. And so, like I said, all you simply saying is, Lord, I raise an altar right where I am unto you through the blood of Jesus Christ. So I cover it in the blood of Jesus because I raise this altar unto you, O God. Right where I'm praying from, right where I'm standing, I raise this altar unto you, O God. And then you begin to put, put things on that altar. Your family members, you, your search, search with your life. And say, I'm putting it on the altar right now. I'm laying it on the altar right now. And you're doing it through your voice, through saying it. Tangibly, you may have some things that uh, as a prophetic act, you can lay certain things on the altar. You can lay uh, uh, your wallet, your purse, your, your uh, 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 pictures of your loved one, etc. You can lay it on the altar as in a prophetic act. Now, it's not the same thing as witchcraft. Because witchcraft, what we do, they'll try to do the same things. Everything God created, they'll try to duplicate. So they'll try to get pictures and hair and stuff of like that and try to uh, uh, put it up on their evil altars and try to send curses. So if they can put it up, if they can put it up on their evil altars, then you can put pictures and et cetera on a godly altar. And it is and all it is is a prophetic act saying I'm interceding for this. You shall be saved. My cousin, my son, my daughter, whoever, my mom and dad, you shall be saved. And you put their put their picture. On your altar, wherever you set up, you create an altar, put it right there. When you're praying, put the picture there and praying over it. It's just a point of contact. It's a prophetic act. Witches and warlocks do it to do evil. But we're not going to get credit to them and say, okay, well, it's witchcraft because we choose to get a picture and pray over it. It's witchcraft if someone used that picture for evil, for evil, to send curses. Pieces of hair and all that stuff like that. That's for to send curses. For evil altar, but if you set up a godly altar, you just doing a prophetic act by saying, I have this picture of my loved one. I have this picture of so-and-so, and I'm praying for them. I'm interceding for them. I'm saying a gap for them. They shall be the man of God. They shall be the woman of God that God's called them to be. They shall be healed by the strap. They already healed by the strap of Jesus. Points of contact. Prophetic acts. Prophetic acts. So I'm just putting that in, in perspective, uh, the difference between evil altars when they do it. Versus golly altars when we do it. So again, it's not something mandatory. Again, I'm just showing it's a prophetic act uh, that you can use. Um, now be careful again because there's some who poses pastors who poses what, but they're operating witchcraft and they're trying to get Christian all that stuff and 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 try to send curse. So we dealt with that before. All right. So um, so just put in perspective. You can raise your own golly altar, and like I said, just like some people have their own prayer rooms, their prayer closets. Uh, you've seen that movie War Room, et cetera. You know, and they put their pictures and uh, or, or prayer requests and scriptures in there. You can create it how you want to do it, but it's a prophetic act. Some people pray in their prayer cloths, you know, prophetic acts of the covering, God's covering upon them. So this is prophetic acts uh, and something God would have you to do some things prophetically that may not make sense, but it's a prophetic act that he's telling you to do this uh, because of what he's going to do in your life. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, I'm trying to think any announcements uh, before I close out in prayer. Uh, and of course, we're about to call for salvation and uh, uh, church membership or partnership, shall I say. Um, tomorrow, tomorrow, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, some of you who watch, you may have heard of, uh, of the tragic shooting that took place in Florence County, South Carolina. Uh, those seven officers that were shot, uh, one who was uh, uh, was was murdered in that in that shoot shoot off uh, shootout, whatnot. 
Um, but one of those uh, those officers, those in investigators uh, for the sheriff's department was one of my college classmates, is one of my college classmates. Uh, and so uh, tomorrow at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, on Facebook Live, we're going to uh, intercede uh, and pray uh, for, for her and other officers who are still uh, in critical condition or who've been impacted uh, by that. So tomorrow at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook Live. Uh, those on YouTube is under Apostle DeCorey Green Ministries on Facebook. And we're going to be interceding and praying for them at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so mark your calendars for that to join us uh, with that and praying for those officers and just uh, officers corporately for their uh, protection. Amen. Uh, and so we will be praying for her uh, speedy recovery uh, in Jesus name. All right. So the first call, if you're not saved, look, the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy Christ. King that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. I already told you salvation is just the beginning. It's not the end. When you accept Jesus Christ, you're just getting to learn about him. And now you can you, you begin to learn more about him so you can grow in him. You can understand your power that you automatically get access to the moment you accept Jesus Christ. So you're not saved. You never accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Repeat after me if you're ready to accept him. He's ready for you. His arms are wide open. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And you rose again from the dead with all power in your hand. You were sent back in heaven to be with God the Father. And you are my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. I want you in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just say that for the first time, guess what? You are saved. Welcome to the family of God. And angels in heaven are rejoicing because you said yes to God because you're coming back home. You're back in the family of God. You've been adopted back into the family of God. Amen. So we rejoice with you. And that's your first time making that profession. Send an email to info at decorigreen.org. That's info at D-O-Q-U-O-I-G-R-E-E-N.org. That's info at D-O-Q-U-O-I-G-R-E-E-N.org. The second call, I'm talking to two different types of people. Look, you've been coming on this Bible study. You've been growing. You've been learning. You've been being stretched. Uh, this word has been transforming your life. And you know that this is home. You know that I am your pastor. You know that I'm your spiritual covering no matter where you are across the world. It's not about being within four walls in a building. It's about you being a soldier in the army of God and God's partnering with this church, this ministry, more soldiers to establish his kingdom on earth. And simply you're saying, I heard the sound. I heard the sound. There's a sound that's coming out of this ministry. There's a sound that's coming and it's bearing witness with my spirit. And I just know this is home. I know this is my pastor. I know this is my spiritual coming. So if that's you, that's the first type of partner. We call it partners as opposed to, you know, traditionally members. So if that's you, send an email to info at decorygreen.org. The second person we're talking to is maybe you already have a church home, but you feel very much connected to this church, to this ministry. And I serve more of kind of a, of a, of a mentor where you get supplemental word uh, uh, to, to, to go along with what you're already getting, et cetera. And so if that's you, you too send an email to info at decorygreen.org. Uh, and someone will make sure that you get uh, that new Upper Room Kingdom, uh, new partners, information to get you plugged in uh, uh, with the church uh, as we continue to expand the kingdom of God on earth. Amen. So govern yourselves accordingly. The last call, and this was a good word. You know it's a good word. You know you're growing. You sow back into the word. You sow, you sow. And look, the saying goes that 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 the gospel is free, but ministry costs. It, it, it costs to establish things in the community. It costs for us to go all over the world to establish 
God's kingdom all over the world. We we we, we have a, a church in South Africa, uh, one that's brewing in Kenya, and 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 it takes money to go to these places. It takes money right in your own community to build, to build, uh, and and, and to transform communities, to have influence in communities. Uh, uh, financially, it takes money, and so we need individuals like you to partner with us uh, uh, financially uh, uh, to sow back into the ministry so that we can continue to advance the kingdom of God on earth. Because I say it all the time, everyone is not getting this word. Everyone is not hearing this word. So again, if nothing else, make sure you're sharing this word with others, that you're sharing it on Facebook, that you're, that you're sending the links on YouTube, et cetera. Uh, and then you sow back into the ministry uh, and you go to decorgreen.org. And remember, never sow a casual seed. Name that seed. What do you want this seed to accomplish? Write down how much you sow. And what you're believing this seed is going to produce, because every seed produces a harvest. Now the enemy tries to attack it. You, I told you those demonic trees. The enemy tries to attack, attack it and try to hold up your harvest. But that's why you pray and you war until you see the results. But if you sow in casual seeds, you don't know what you sowed. Where's, where you, so watch it. Pray over it. And you can sow the same seed over and over and over again for the same thing until you see the results. Just like you can pray for the same thing over and over again until you see the results. Because the more seed you have in the ground... It's going to be much harder for the enemy to snatch all of those harvests. So name that seed. What do you want to accomplish? What does God place on your heart to sow? For he loves a cheerful giver. So what does he put on your heart to sow? And, it, and let's say you don't have nothing but a penny. Sow a penny. Because God knows the intent of your heart. That seed is just as much as a million dollar, a thousand dollar, a hundred thousand dollar seed. When that's, that's what you're giving out of what you have. Amen. So, so I want to encourage you all in that to sow, because, again, you're partnering with us. You're helping us to advance the kingdom of God on earth. And we can't do it without generous support from those of you who've been being blessed by it. So you sow back into it. So you go to decorgreen.org, go to the donate tab and sow whatever Lord place on your heart to sow. Amen. And also, uh, yes, our kingdom T-shirts. You can go to irulingreign.com. Uh, there's many different sayings that I sell all the time. Uh, you can go to irulingreign. That's I-R-U-L-E. A-N-D-R-E-I-G-N.com, irulingreign.com, and get your kingdom t-shirts. Check those out. Amen. So that's all I have. So I'm going to close us out in prayer. Remember, tomorrow morning and every Monday through Friday, every Monday through Friday at 6 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time, join us for our Warriors Prayer Closet uh, prayer. Amen. Our Warriors Prayer Closet prayer. Again, we, we, we meet with Mabard Heaven. We intercede. Uh, we had a, a great testimony today. We have more testimonies to share tomorrow morning. Again, prayer that produces results, corporate prayer, amen. And we're getting more and more testimonies that are coming in. So again, join us at uh, uh, 6 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday, amen. Uh, someone said through uh, PayPal, yes, uh, you can. Uh, you can send an email at info.decorgreen.org to get that link. But if you actually go to the ministry website, go to decorgreen.org, go to donate. It's actually already through PayPal. Uh, so um, you can it's it's already connected that way as well. Amen. 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 So I'm saying cash. No, we don't have a cash app set up for it. But you can if you go to the website, uh, thecorgreen.org and go to the donate tab, uh, you'll be able to sow there. Amen. All right. So I've made all announcements. So I'll close out in prayer. Father God, we come now to the end of yet 
another Bible study. We thank you, God, for the word that went forth on tonight. Oh, God, we thank you for exposing our wicked enemies, exposing and destroying those evil altars. Oh, God, we thank you. We thank you. We praise you, oh, God. We thank you, God, for the word that went forth. We know it accomplished what you set up to accomplish in the lives of these people, oh, God. And I come against demonic retaliation from those evil altars, oh, God, because it's been exposed. I send the blood of Jesus to silence it. I send the heavenly host to fight. I send the heavenly host now to fight. On behalf of these God's people right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, and I declare no weapon, no weapon, no weapon that is formed against you shall be able to prosper. For greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, Father God. I declare your peace, your love, your joy will rest upon these, your people, oh God. These mighty warriors that you're raising up, I thank you for their lives. I thank you for their obedience for spending time to take time aside to study your word, oh God. I thank you, God, for continuing to equip them, oh God, to do battle, God, to continue to equip them, oh God, to take territory, to rule and reign, and where you have them established in the name of Jesus. And I declare where you planted them, they shall flourish. Where you planted them, they shall prosper. They shall flourish in the mighty name of Jesus. So we thank you, God. We bless you. We praise your name now. These Lord bless we ask your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. And please make sure you go back and listen to this word. It was a lot that I released today, and this is just the introduction. This is just basic. This is basic introduction right here. But I want you to make sure you get this foundation because it's critical as we continue to move forward in this series. Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And remember that you are the breath of God, and God never wastes a breath. This is Apostle DeCore Green sign out. God bless you. Have a smile upon you. See you in the morning for prayer. Have a good night. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media.